Welcome to the Happy Mindset, episode 156. Today's episode is called Pointers. Today I'm going to talk about what is primarily a concept in computer science, computer programming. Pointers, so the basic understanding I have of pointers right now, a pointer is used to reference a space and memory in a computer in RAM. So this episode is going to be primarily talking about labels. And I've just found that I just want to explore this link in my mind I'm making between a pointer and how I think about and approach labels in general. Because I feel like I approach labels quite differently to how a lot of people in society approach labels. I think when you're more conscious with labels, they're not an issue. But when you're unconscious to labels, they become an issue in your life. So pointers, again, like I said, it's referring to a space and memory. So I'll draw a simple parallel with the, the brain. With computer programming, when you start learning about algorithms, which is what, what I'm doing right now, learning about more about algorithms and data structures, two things that you're continuously having to keep in mind are time and space complexity. And this is because there's not unlimited space in a computer. There is a certain amount of space in the computer. So you have to use the space wisely. And the time is the actual efficiency, the efficiency of the algorithm, how quickly it runs. But we're just going to focus more on the space today. So the way I kind of look at it is that your working memory, the things you think about day to day, this isn't going to be precise, but this is how, how I kind of, I just kind of observe my day to day experiences of life. So I just see that as like a limited amount of space in my brain each day. So I can either fill that with junk, unconscious stuff that's running through my head, or I can gradually become more conscious about the stuff and optimize the space. So I'm, in order to learn something new, I'm removing something old. So that's the way. So what I'm talking about today is about conceptual uh, concepts. So exploring the conceptual world through labels. So this pointer here for me, the way I think about it, when I come across a new label, for example, recently, in recent months, I've been looking more at relationship dynamics, romantic relationship dynamics. And I suppose it was when Thais was on the podcast a few months back, I started looking at the attachment styles. So fearful avoidant, dismissive, dismissive avoidant, there was four different types of attachment styles there. The way I approached that, I found it useful to have labels. So for me to just understand what's going on for me right now. I just wanted to know what's going on for me. What's my pattern here in this relationship dynamic? I feel without labels and without some sort of understanding, some sort of framework, you're kind of just lost at sea, believing that this is just a personal problem that will never resolve itself. What I find with labels, it gives me a universal understanding, universal patterns that I'll fall into as the individual. So that's how I find it really useful. Where labels become counterproductive though, is when you spend too long on a label or when you start looking at the world through that label all the time. I've seen this happen at different levels within myself and at different levels within people I've been around in different communities, online primarily. So what I've noticed is a tendency in people to latch on to a belief system as an ultimate truth. And they view the world through that belief system all the time. They become really predictable after a while. And why this becomes toxic in friendships, in intimate relationships, is that 
in order to have a partnership or in order to have a proper friendship, you need to rely that you can speak to this person and they're going to listen to what you say without these kind of preconceived notions about what your problem is. But when you've got a belief system that you're filtering everything through or labels you're filtering everything, filtering everything through, it becomes quite stifling in the friendship even, the relationship dynamic there, that you're coming to this person, you're talking to them, and after a while you realize they're going to come back at the same underpinning resolution, which isn't helpful all the time. Sometimes it's helpful, but sometimes it's not because life is nuanced and everybody's different. So this is how I think about labels. So for that, for example, a new label helps me understand my attachment style and then the stuff I can work through. After a while, I realized that I want to move on to something different. I've I found whatever resolution I've, I've wanted there. And the sign for me that I, it's time to move on is when I'm starting to look at the world through that lens too often. That's time for me to move on. I guess it helps me as a programmer. Again, this is a world where concepts are used in a practical way. So you're learning new concepts in order to become more efficient with the time and the space algorithms, even just solving problems in the layout of your code. You're trying to become more efficient with what you're doing so that it's cleaner to read, it's more maintainable in the future. So learning new concepts serves a very practical purpose in coding. I guess that helps me because I bring that into my personal development and personal growth process too. So I don't fixate on the labels. And that's why I wanted to, that's why I said I talk about pointers today, because pointers for me are just pointing to, let's just say, a label in memory. So you're coming across a new label, you've got that label in your brain. And the pointer is just pointing to that space of memory. So if you ever need that label again, it's in there, it's just pointing back to it. This isn't the exact computer science. I'm just trying to find a parallel with my general life and how I think about things. But when I think about it like that, it becomes more objective. So these labels are stored inside my brain. I don't try and identify with them. If I feel like I am identifying with them, I'll do some work on that. So either I will journal or I'll speak things out or I'll talk to somebody else with a different point of view, a different school of thought. I guess it helps me that by, by nature, I followed my nature as a polymath, as somebody who loves hearing from different fields and loves speaking to people who are willing to engage in real conversations, willing to engage in dialogues that is not... What I don't like is when you have people, if somebody's engaging with you and trying to prove you're wrong, I much prefer to speak with somebody and see like what are the what are the points they're making here that I might be overlooking right now, what are the points that I'm making that might be helpful to them. I much prefer those types of dialogues, and that's kind of what I do with this podcast too. I, I as much as possible even speak to people that I might feel a bit uncomfortable speaking to because they're coming from a different background, different energy, different dynamic, and yeah, I just I guess I, I just find that that useful. Another label that you can come across is this idea of being introverted or extroverted. So again, I found this useful to understand my nature as a person, that there's a universal pattern here of introverts, universal pattern of extroverts. I think on the individual level, it's nuanced. So I don't think you have people that are always on either side of the spectrum. I think it's those two labels help you to understand where you generally fit. So the way I would look at it in my life, I would 
tend to be more introverted, but it doesn't explain everything in my life because I speak to new people all the time and I like that. But I don't like really being in crowds of people. That's not something that I naturally enjoy. I feel more recharged when I'm by myself when I, or just one or two people reading. I find solitude and just a bit of my own space and being around maybe somebody, one or two people of a like mind that understand that in me. I find that very beneficial. And that label of an introvert helped me to understand that about myself. So I didn't feel then that it was just me that was like that. I felt I understood that there's a lot of people in the world like that. And in a not so obvious way, a lot of people through time have been introverted. And you might think on the surface that they should be extroverted. I, I know that there's a good percentage of TEDx speakers, TED speakers that are introverts. Because I feel like being introverted, you're somebody who focuses on the inner world, the internal world, which, which again is something that I focus a lot on. And that label helps me to understand that that's, that's my natural tendency is to give more weight to that, to be more curious about that. See, I don't have the experience of an extrovert, so I don't know what that's like, but I know what it's like to value the inner world. And I feel anyway that because I have that within myself and because I'm allowing myself to explore that and I'm allowing myself to not feel weird about that, I feel like you need that to have ideas worth sharing in the first place because that's what the TED thing's all about is ideas worth sharing. I think you need to have that thoughtfulness to yourself to really understand yourself, to be a good communicator, a good speaker, because you've put a lot of thought and reflection into what you're actually saying. Because the worst speakers, in my opinion, are the people who, they might be charismatic, but you can tell that they haven't put a lot of thought into what they're actually saying. There's not much thoughtfulness into it. There's not much substance to it. They're saying a bunch of stuff that doesn't feel like there's anything behind it. The other thing with labels, when you over-identify with them, I find that it becomes an issue both in the technical skills side of life and in your personal growth side of life. So with the technical skills side of life, when you're over-identified with programming, for example, it wouldn't be labels, it would be methodologies, it would be approaches to programming. So even on the language level, you'll have people with a school of thought that Python is the best language. And then you have other people at school that thought that Ruby is the best language, even though they're on the same level of languages. You could have people that are adamant that this is the best way or that's the best way without kind of just accepting that there's different languages with different fits for different purposes. And in my opinion, I don't think any one language, well, that's the thing with languages, they're designed for specific purposes in mind. If one language did everything perfectly, there'd be no need for other languages, really, when you think about it. But when you realize that different languages are better at different things, and when you're not identified with a certain approach or a certain language or a certain community, you can see that better than it's becoming agnostic in your approach to the language that you care more about what you're actually working on and what's the best solution here rather than I guess dogma is the best way for being dogmatic about this language has to be used all the time because that's the language I'm familiar with and that's the language that I enjoy coding in. So it's a weird one for me because I, I I use Python on my job. I, I didn't know a lot about JavaScript until I 
until I started my current job. So I've been learning on the job with JavaScript. I feel a lot more comfortable with it now. So I, I would say I'm agnostic. I've been learning a bit of SQL over the years, Django. So I'm open to learning different languages, but I feel it's, I feel I, I enjoy writing in Python because of the rules of the language, because I'm familiar with the language, the comfortability there to an extent, there's always new things I'm learning in Python as well. But yeah, and the technical side of things anyway, I feel when you're agnostic in the approach, it helps you to even focus on what are the underlying concepts here? Like what's the actual important stuff? What are things I need to wrap my head around rather than focusing on the syntax of the language too much? Focus more on, on the functionality and the, what, why does the concepts exist in the first place? Why is object-oriented programming a thing? What problems does that solve from functional programming? So you, you kind of start thinking more in those terms rather than thinking in terms of the syntax of the language, even though that's important, but it's also important to think of the why and the purpose and why things fit together, because that will just help you in general to, when you're creating things in your own life, why are you doing this? How does this help? And you might necessarily get a specific answer straight away to that, but the more you kind of question that, the more it'll help you move in a certain direction. So on the personal growth side of things, why identifying with a label is quite toxic again, is it limits you from exploring different fields, from hearing different opinions, from seeing what the actual solution is here, what's the actual problem, first and foremost, what's the solution here, to understand that, that life is nuanced. Like when you think in simplistic terms about the world, it only is a great approach because the world is complex. So, and I think it stifles your receptivity to new thoughts, new ideas, and to seeing what could be possible to embracing that evolution in what you're doing. Yeah, so I just think you you just have a, when when you're identifying with labels, identifying with a certain way of thinking, it stifles the learning process. I, I don't enjoy it at all, actually. If I'm over-identified with a certain way of doing things, it even helps me to loosen out around collaboration because you're again you're drifting away from this right or wrong mindset and you're more open to just conversations and then actually seeing what's work what's working here being open to maybe i have the wrong approach here maybe they have the right approach and seeing that as a good thing because if they have the right approach the person i'm talking to and they can teach me or just kind of tell me how they're thinking about that problem then that's another way for me to that's a way of me adapting the next time because i've got an insight a certain way of thinking that i didn't have before so that's Tying it back to the pointers, I just feel like it's more objective. It's a, a label that I'm storing away in my brain. When I'm not, when I've learned as much as I can from it, I take it from, so there's two types of, uh, broadly two types of memory as a human. You've got the long-term memory and short-term memory. The short-term memory you can retrieve quite quickly. I don't know what the neuroscience terms exactly are for this, but I just think of it in this, this way. So. When you learn a new label, you've got it in short-term memory, so it's top of mind. When you feel like you've learned enough from this concept, then you can take that out of your short-term memory by just not really focusing on it much anymore, but being safe in the knowledge that you have it in long-term memory. So the details might come to mind quickly because you haven't been using it, 
but it is there. It's in there. It's in there somewhere in the long-term memory. So you can be safe in the knowledge that you're not going to forget this. But moving forward, then, so you're moving out from short-term memory to long-term memory, and then you're coming across a new label for the short-term memory, a new label you're not familiar with, a new lens, a new way of looking at the world that you're just learning about now. And it'll be the same process again. When you're comfortable with that, you've learned enough about that. You take that out of short-term memory by not working on it anymore, move back into long-term memory, and you just continue that process. It's an evolutionary process then. So that's mainly the points I wanted to touch on today. I'm just taking this concept. I haven't got a very deep knowledge of pointers in, in computer programming. From what I've seen so far, the distinction I've made in my mind is that a pointer, so in programming, you have a variable. So a variable stores a piece of data. So for example, if you ever look at computer programming, it'll, it'll, you'll have a variable that, so I'll just call it var, variable var, stands for variable equals to one. So that variable holds that number one in memory. So that when you're writing your program, you can refer to var, the variable name, instead of that number. And why that is useful, why variables is useful, is because you just refer to that name in your program you're writing then. And then if you, if the program, so you say, for example, you say variable var equals to one, you write a program of 20 lines and you refer to that number one 20 times in that program or let's just say 10 times, 10 times in that program. If you, if somebody told you, no, the variable shouldn't be one, it should be two. Because it's stored in the variable, you just change that once at the very start of the program. If you didn't have the variable, if you wrote it all manually, if you wrote it all kind of without that variable, you would have to go around to the 10 places where you mentioned the variable, update it from one to two. So it saves you time. So that's the time efficiency there with variables. So that was, that was the variable, the pointer, my understanding of the pointer, the pointer isn't referring to the number. So for example, variable one, var one, number one is the variable. It's referring to the space in memory. So the space in memory is actually just the, <laughs> it's actually, it's a, it's a number. So you, you, you can actually find this in a, in programming. You can, it'll tell you the, it'll tell you the actual space in memory. There'll be a long sequence of a number. That is the, that's what the pointer is referring to. So it's not referring to the one, it's referring to the actual space in memory, which there is a command where you'll actually see the space in memory in the, in the program. Well, that's the distinction I wanted to make today. Play a little bit around that. Like I said, I don't have a deep knowledge in pointers. I think they're used more often in the C language than they are in Python. I just have that level of knowledge because I came across that before. Yeah, I just came across that before. And I just wanted to tie that to personal growth, personal development and concepts in general, how I think about concepts and how it helps me to, to be uh, working with concepts and evolving that way. So that's it. If you want to support the podcast, as always, head over to happyminds.com. There's a membership option there where you can join a you can join a group call each month around basically a call where we talk about creativity. 
space where you can be yourself and just talk about things and get you moving in the right direction when it comes to your creativity and creating something that's meaningful for you. That's what those calls are about. And you also, by doing that, you support the podcast. Just that five euro a month supports the, what we're doing here with the podcast. If you, if you enjoy what we're doing here with the podcast. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. And I will speak to you on the next episode.